thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning once again. I want you to look to the person sitting next to you and say, I love you. Now, if there's someone on the other side of you, say, I love you too. There's some of you sitting by yourself feeling kind of unloved right now, aren't you? Let me ask you this question this morning. Um, the person or, or the people around you that you've said I loved you to, who was hot? Um, they ever made you mad? This isn't supposed to be a funny question. Have they ever made you mad? Have you ever had to forgive the person sitting next to you? Have you ever had trouble forgiving the person sitting next to you? I'm going to give you some great, wondrous quotes about forgiveness this morning. You ready? I forgive and forget because I have a good heart and a terrible memory. I don't hold grudges. I just remember facts. Any of those in here? No grudge holders, but facts. Got, got one person, two people that are honest in this whole group. Always forgive your enemies. Nothing annoys them more. True, isn't it? True. Hey, this morning we're going to start a study, and, and it's not going to end the day. Uh, and, and I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure how many lessons going to be. I know there's two in it. Uh, there may be three, and it's it's all going to be kind of in the context of this summer sermon series because uh, the passage that we're going to use to jumpstart this here in a little bit is the passage of Joseph revealing himself to his brother. But as I've been studying it and kind of working through it, I realized there's so much depth to the story and the idea of forgiveness. And I really wanted us to spend time uh, with that idea this morning because, because the, there's, there's going to be some moments this uh, through, through this conversation that I'm just going to try to be real and honest, not that I'm ever fake and dishonest, but I, I want us to maybe be real with some things that we've been taught growing up, and maybe, maybe, maybe. Realize that our teaching on this subject maybe has been flawed at some point because of some misunderstandings, that one of the things that I have thought about through this whole study this this past week has actually been longer than that that I've been kind of contemplating this, is that maybe we have made forgiveness something that is maybe maybe unobtainable. Our ability to forgive. Because what we've done in our in our in our faith and in our walk is when something bad or negative happens to us, there's this phrase that I've used, I've used, I know you've used and you've heard. You know what? You just need to forgive and move on. You ever heard that phrase? Just forgive and move on. Let me ask you something. Is it ever that easy? Is forgiveness that easy? But we have turned forgiveness into an action that you just do it and move on. Do it and get over it. And if that person struggles, if you struggle with forgiveness in, in a certain situation and in a certain moment and everybody's watching you and, and, and you're not forgiving at the speed or the rate that everybody thinks you should forgive, they go, hey, you know what? They really just need to get over it. 
You're the problem, okay? Not what's happened to you. You're the problem. You're the issue now. Not the emotional roller coaster that you went on in this challenging relationship. You're the problem. And what I have really learned as I have dug in and studied is that forgiveness truly is a journey. Forgiveness from a human standpoint is very rarely instant. Very rarely is it ever instant. And so I want us to take just an honest, biblical look at this subject and, and try to understand some things about it that maybe we have forgotten or maybe have never even studied before. I want us to start with this, because I believe this is where the challenge lies sometimes in our, in our misunderstanding of forgiveness. Colossians 3 and verse 13 says, bear with each other, or, or another way you could say that is be patient with each other. That person that you looked at and said, I love, that you've had, maybe you've had to forgive before. Have you ever had to deal with patience with that person? you got to be patient with this person. Some people are easier to be patient with than others, aren't they? How many of you are easily patient people? How many of you try people's patience? Yeah, there you go. Bear with each other. Be patient with each other. Forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Now, if it's Matthew, okay? If it's Matthew writing this verse, I stop right there. I stop right there. Why? Because I want you to read the second sentence here with me, okay? Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have any grievance with each other or with someone against someone. Okay, now read this next sentence. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's a high bar, isn't it? Read that with me again. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, everybody knows what that says, right? Now, raise your hand if you know what that means. Because I think that's the challenge with this idea, is that we have this idea of God's forgiveness, all right? God's forgiveness is complete, God's forgiveness is unconditional. God's forgiveness is even repetitive with us in our life. God has to forgive me a lot. How many of you have to be forgiven by God at least once a day? Okay, like I've done, like I got to talk to God. I got to get forgiveness for God. And I, and I read this verse. I was reading this verse Monday night in the bed. I had a sheet, I don't have it up here with me, but I, uh, this is how I start studying sometimes. I, I just take a concordance and I just, I go to, um, forgiveness, all right, the word forgiveness, and I start writing down all the verses that, that's in the concordance, and I start making notes beside those verses on my page. And I came to this one, and this one caused me pause because I thought, is it possible for me to forgive as God forgives? Think about that for a second. And think about those things that we just said. God's forgiveness is complete, it's unconditional, it's repetitive, and there's a lot of other words that we can put there, but you get the idea. Is it possible for us to forgive that way? And then as I got to digging into this verse and reading it and looking at it, what I realized is maybe our understanding of this verse is, is wrong, that maybe we're not talking about these things that a lot of times we automatically go to. Now, I want you to put a pin in that because we're going to come back to this I'm going to tell you what I think it means later, all right? Because I, I do think it's powerful. I do think it's meaningful, and it's something we need to understand. But what I want you to understand first and foremost this morning is that if we're not careful, we can make, we can make forgiveness something that's unobtainable because we think we have to be just like God when it comes to forgiving other people. Now, with that being said, let's talk about 
the raw emotions of life just a little bit. I came across this in a book I was reading, and I thought it was so powerful. He says, most of you, at one time or another, have been treated badly by someone. Raise your hand if you qualify by that statement. At some point in your life, you've been treated badly by someone. And then he goes on, and he says, when that happens, your perspective becomes cloudy. You remember the manipulation. You remember the wrong. You remember the unfair treatment. You remember the, the trauma, the rejection. Evil was done to you. It was meant to be evil. This is no time to deny it. This person deliberately hurt you. I want you to think about that statement in your mind. And I'm sure all of us can go to a place, a time, a person, maybe multiple people, that we were just hurt by someone. Someone did something against us. They did something to us. They, uh, and emotionally, they just tore us down. Now, let me ask you something. When you think about those type of raw emotions, how many of you think, oh, I need to forgive? In the emotion of it, how many times is our first thought, forgive? How many times is our first thought, get even, get back, revenge? Okay, we do that, don't we? And, and what I want us to do here is, is I want us to just be real with this, okay? That there are times in our life that even though it says, hey, bear with each other, forgive one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you, even though that's what the Bible says and we know it's what we need to do, there are times in our life that our mindset is completely in the opposite direction, isn't it? And I look at that for just a moment and I, and I want to acknowledge that and say, I think that is just human nature. Forgiveness is a journey. Forgiveness is moving from a place of bitterness and heartbreak and aggravation and trauma to a place, to journey, that I go from that and I work through that and I get to a place to where I can offer forgiveness. And so I want you to think about some things with me. Okay, here's the first thing that I want you to think about. We can't forgive like God in his God sense, okay? We're going to talk about this, but I want you to quit setting the bar of forgiveness so high for yourself in your life that you can't accomplish it. And I want you to just, just open your heart to the Holy Spirit as we talk about some things. I want us to talk about forgiveness from, from this perspective. Let's lay the foundation of forgiveness for a minute. Numbers 14 and verse 19. I love this verse. It says, in accordance with your great love, this is Moses talking to God. Forgive the sins of these people just as you have pardoned them from the time they left Egypt to now. When you start to think about forgiveness, the first thing I want you to think about and put in perspective is love. Forgiveness, the core of forgiveness lies in what? Love. Say that with me. The core of forgiveness lies in love. And that's what he appeals to God. He says, God, in accordance with your great love, if I love God, if I love other people, forgiveness is going to be something that I naturally uh, want to do. I'm not, I may not be great at it, but it's something I want to do. I like Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. There's this concept within the Lord's Prayer that our forgiveness from God also depends on what? Our forgiveness of other people. Okay, so forgiveness is important to us. Uh, see, wrong for all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know what this verse tells me? What's this verse tell you? We all what? We all mess up and we all need what? 
Forgiveness. We all need it. I, I never need to be at a place in my life where I'm not willing to work to forgiveness with someone else because I know that there's going to be a time that I need it as well. And then finally, in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Forgiveness is something that I just got to be able to give and work towards even when people don't ask for it. That's the hard part of forgiveness, isn't it? When there's grudges there and there, that the other party, and we're going to talk about this in this lesson series too, the other party is, hey, they've dug their heels in, they've hurt me, but they do not want to admit at all that they've been wrong or that they have wronged me. The last thing I want to do is what? Forgive. The last thing I want to do. I want to dig in too. I want to dig in too. <sighs> That's a blank slide. So here's the question is how do I forgive? I've got to. I want you to understand that you've got to forgive. There's the concept of got to forgive like God forgives, even though we're going to flesh that out later. How do I forgive? Here's the first thing that I want you to understand this morning. This is the premise of today's lesson is forgiveness is about your relationship with God. First and foremost, above everything else, forgiveness is going, we're going to get to a point where we're going to talk about forgiveness is about you and another person. But before you ever get to that point, you've got to understand that forgiveness in your life, grace-filled, God-filled forgiveness, is about, first and foremost, your relationship with God. Do you believe that? Raise your hand if you believe that this morning. Raise your hand if you're not sure. Okay, raise All right, here we go. Let's, uh, let's go and let's talk about Joseph this morning. This is Neil's story. All right? This is Neil's story. He said Brenda needed to work on this, and no, he really didn't. He <laughs> um, Neil's, Neil wanted to talk about when Joseph reveals himself to his brother, and that's the, the, the latter part of this story. But let's just talk about Joseph for a minute, because there is, if there is anybody in Scripture that had just problem after problem after problem dumped on them, it was Joseph. And one of my favorite things about Joseph is there is never a negative thing said about Joseph. Never a negative thing. There's three people in all of Scripture, three actual like characters, that it's never anything negative said about them. It's Joseph, and then the second one, it's either Elijah or Elisha. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember which one, but it's one of those two, and then it's Jesus. It's not to say that these other two guys are perfect. It's just in their record of their life, there's nothing negative ever said about them. And as we talk about Joseph's life, if there was ever a guy that had the right, that had the emotional kind of low moment to go, God, What's the deal? It would have been Joseph. So we start out, Joseph has these dreams. Joseph has these dreams in Genesis, the beginning of Genesis 37. And, and these dreams basically lead to this. He goes to his brothers and says, hey, I've had these dreams. And what they mean is at some point in your life, what are they going to do? You're going to bow down to me. Now, um, I'm the oldest of three. And if my youngest sister had come to me and told me that, you know what I would have done? I would have looked at her and I said, you are crazy, and that is never going to happen. And that's exactly what his brothers did. His brothers were like, "This no, we're never going to bow down to you. You're never going to be that important. You're ne- you're, you are the, 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 the youngest, the lowest, the least important of the bunch. You know, look, there's nothing about you that's special. And they're like, don't, don't, don't have anything to do. Don't, don't, don't even talk to us about this again. And then his dad, how does his dad feel about Joseph? Loves him to death. Favorite child. How many of you have a favorite child? Okay, if you've got one kid, it doesn't count. 
I'm just kidding. You got kids back here like, Mom, raise your hand. It's me. I just wondered if anybody would admit it. Just wondered. I think everybody has a favorite kid. They're just not going to admit it. Um, his dad makes him a what? Coat of many colors. Why? Because you're the favorite. How did the other brothers respond to that? Bad. They hated it. They hated it. And so that leads us to where we are. His dad sends him out to check on his brothers one day while they're out tending sheep. In verse 19, it says, they looked at him and said, here comes this dreamer, they said to each other. So now they're making fun of him, okay? They hate him. They make fun of him. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. How mad do you have to be at someone to concoct an idea with your other siblings of let's kill this dude? That'll solve our problems. Ron, you've been in law enforcement. Does killing ever solve problems? Creates problems, doesn't it? But how mad do you have to be and hate someone to go, you know what, to solve my problem, we're just going to get rid of him. We're just going to kill him. Verse 21, when Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Let's not shed any blood. Throw him into a cistern here in the wilderness, but they don't, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So he's not, it's kind of like he kind of wants to like do good, but... He's not going to stand up too tall because if I support this guy completely, what could happen to me? I could get beat up and I could get killed too. Uh, let's keep going. When Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him in the cistern. The cistern was empty. Well, that's nice of them, wasn't it? It was an empty one. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat their meal. These guys are cold, aren't they? We're going to kill him? No, let's just throw him in this well. Their idea is we're just going to let him die. And while he's sitting there dying, let's eat the picnic that he brought. They looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother. I'm glad that they are admitting that, right? He is our brother, our flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So they go on. We're not going to read all this. They go on and they, they sell him. And um, I've totally messed up my, my slides here now. Um, so how bad of a situation is this? Scale of 1 to 10, how bad of a situation is this for Joseph? The only, the only positive thing in this whole situation is he didn't what? He didn't die. He didn't die. Let me ask you a, a question. How would you feel about your brothers? How many of you would be like, man, I really hope that this all works out for them. I hope that they have a great life. Any of you? There, there's got to be a lot of raw emotion going on with Joseph in his life right now because his life is heading south and it's heading south quick. To recap the story, he ends up in Potiphar's house and he ends up being so blessed by God that Potiphar puts him over his whole house so things are working off up in a pretty positive direction for him. But then Potiphar's wife wants to have an affair with him. And when he says, hey, no go, we're not doing this, what does she do? She goes and she tells a lie and has him thrown what? 
into prison. So, hey, I've overcome this a little bit. Things are looking more positive. And for Joseph, every time positive things started happening, something negative followed it and knocked him right back down. And I would imagine that every time that happened, this is just me guessing because this is how human emotions work, that every time something negative happened and knocked him down, those floods of emotion from that from those bad relationships to his brother, to what happened at Potiphar's house, to, you know, those things, those emotions, they just keep coming back. And you just remember, and and it's easy to just hang on to those and just let those things control your life. So his life is just up and down, up and down. But finally, God blesses him. God blesses him, and he becomes becomes the prime minister of, of Egypt. Let's go to... I say, where's my one for chapter 42 here? All right, so this is where we land. Now, Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all of its people. Now, this is the, the fun twist to the whole story. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, when we read a story in the Bible, we're reading words on the page, right? We're reading words on the page. There's 20 years that take place from the beginning of this story to where we are now. From the time that Joseph got thrown in the pit, 20 years takes place. A lot of things happen. There's a great journey of emotional stuff that goes on in Joseph's life. And maybe one of, I've got two. This is my new, this is a new one, but one of the most underrated Phrases in all of Scripture. The first one is Jesus fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, and he was hungry. That's such an, that does not even begin to describe how Jesus felt. And this phrase does not even begin to describe the emotions that began to fill this story. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, how do you think Joseph felt when he first saw his brothers? Scared? Somebody else. How do you think he felt? Overwhelmed? Do you think he was happy? Do you think he was mad? Do you think that there's just a ball of emotions going on here? And then, my favorite part, what did they do? They bowed down to him with their face on the ground. They bowed down to him with their face on the ground. Let's keep flip, flip a little bit further into the story. They, he goes to this back and forth and uh, picks on them a little bit, but then he decides he's going to, to, to reveal himself to them. And he says, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all of his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were what? Terrified at his presence. That's one of those moments where I'm like, I don't feel sorry for them at all. Okay, I don't feel sorry. You don't feel sorry for them either. But they're scared to death. Why are they scared to death? Because they know something. They know that the secret that they have kept for 20 years it's undone. I mean, it's undone in a big way. And this guy's fixing to get what? Revenge. This guy's fixing to get revenge. So many emotions. They were terrified of his presence. But look at verse 4. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. The literal translation of this is, let's be face to face. 
Okay, I've not seen you in 20 years. Come close to me. Get in my face so I can I think about how many of you have that aunt or that grandmother. You know, it's, it's kind of funny in movies and stuff that every time you see them, they're going to give you a kiss. They're going to get in your face. That's what Joseph is saying. Get in my face. I've missed you. Um, when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save the lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there have been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth to save your lives by great deliverance. Let's back up a second. Look back at verse 5. And now do not be distressed, do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Let's paraphrase that for a second. You know what he's saying? I forgive you. Say that with me. I forgive you. How do you forgive someone that planned on murdering you? And then they threw you into a well they were just going to let you die instead. And then they thought, hey, we're better off making money off of this guy than letting him die. How do you forgive someone like that? Anybody have an answer? Love? Okay. Look back at verse 7. Read the first two words. But God. What do we say to begin with? Forgiveness is first and foremost about your relationship with who? God. Let's, put, let's pause right here at this part of the story and let's fast forward to the book of Ephesians, all right? Because I truly believe that forgiveness only happens in holy head spaces. Holy head spaces. You're only going to forgive when you are in a holy place, when you're in a godly place in your mind. And this is another one of those verses that if we jump down to verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgive each other just as Christ God forgave you. There's one of those challenging phrases again that we sometimes focus on and we misunderstand. But I think the forgiveness process starts way back in verse 29. He says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's talk about this for a second. When someone hurts you, when someone hurts you, is your first reaction love? When someone truly hurts you that you're going to have to forgive, is your first reaction usually love? No, it's usually, here's a thought, unwholesome talk. Someone hurts you, what do you usually go and do? Talk about it to someone, right? Hey, Brenda, let me tell you what Judd did. Anybody ever guilty of doing that, saying that phrase, let me tell you? And when you start the phrase, let me tell you, most of the time, I would guess, you're either gossiping or fixing to get yourself into trouble. Okay? Let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, verse 32. Get rid of all bitterness. When you are in this journey of forgiveness, when someone has hurt you, there's usually bitterness attached to your relationship, right? You look at them and you think, listen, if... You're mad, you're aggravated, and you think, if Ron shows up in this spot, if I see Ron's face one more time, I'm going to let him have it. And that goes on with bitterness, rage, anger, 
All right? Slander. Listen, I have heard... I've heard people of the world say some bad things. But I have heard members of the church say worse things about each other than I have anybody in the world. We're guilty of doing that sometimes, aren't we? Unwholesome talk, slander, pulling people down. They've hurt me, so I'm going to hurt them back. But I I love the beginning of verse 31. He starts off with, and he says, get rid of. Get rid of. And I'm going to give you another paraphrase of this. Work through it. Okay? When I'm trying to work through forgiveness, if this is my mindset, okay? If my mindset is unwholesome talk, bitterness, rage, anger, slander, in that headspace, I'm never going to forgive anybody. I'm not. Now, I can look at Judd and say, Judd, I forgive you. I can say the words, but have I actually followed through with the spiritual side of that? No, not at all. He says, look, I think God understands that for us in our life, because we're human, He made us. He understands this, that sometimes we're going to have to work through emotions. And forgiveness only happens when we're in that holy headspace. And and Joseph understood that. And, And he worked through these things. He worked through the aggravation. He worked through the pain. He worked through the unwholesome talk. He worked through the bitterness that came along with all of this and got himself to a place where his life was about being kind and compassionate. And when he got there, then he was able to be forgiven forgiving to other people. I think there's a reason that God allowed 20 years to go between the time the the hurt happened and the time the forgiveness took place because in year five, it might not have happened. He might not have worked through that part. And so forgiveness is not something that's instant. Forgiveness is not something that's always going to be easy. Forgiveness has to start with your relationship with God and making sure you're grounded in a holy place so that these bad thoughts don't control you. And when you get to that place and God's in control of your heart, then you can look at a person and you can begin to repair a relationship when hurt has happened. You follow me? We're all on the same page here? I hope so. Now, like I said, this is going to be several weeks of lessons with each other. But I, I, I want to, to leave you with this. This will, this will springboard us into our next week. We need to be like Joseph. Joseph was able to see God's hand in his situation. And when we see God's hand in our situation, regardless of evil, we know who's in control. In every situation... No matter how bad it was, no matter how bad he got knocked down, when he got back up, the next situation, God did what? God blessed him. God took care of him. He worked through it. He put himself in a holy place. God got him through it. God blessed him. Now, when we get to that place, see, that's what this morning is about. This morning is about for you in your life, maybe you've got something, somebody, a situation that you're struggling, and you don't know how to forgive. But maybe the reason you don't know how to forgive is because your headspace is not where it needs to be. You're not thinking holy. You're thinking anger. You're thinking bitterness. And that's where you've got to work through first. That's got to be the first thing. Next week, after we've had some time to think about 
God's got control of this. I'm saying God despite the situation that I'm in. Next week, we're going to talk about what does forgiveness actually look like? What is the process of forgiveness? Like I said, forgiveness is very rarely instant. Very rarely have hurt is instant, but forgiveness is usually a journey for us in our lives. So I want you to take that, think about that, meditate on that this week, think and pray about Joseph, and, and we're going to come back to his story next week. Let's, let's end this lesson with a prayer, and then we'll have our invitation. God, I thank you for the chance to just be in your presence this morning. I thank you for the love that you show us. I thank you for the forgiveness that you give us in our life. And God, we want to pattern our life after you. And we want to understand forgiveness in a way that, that brings peace into our life, that, that brings a sense of joy into our life. God, we want, we want forgiveness to bring glory and honor to you. We want to be a church that understands this and practices this, God, because this is the hallmark of great Christians and help us to be that way. God, this morning I know that there have got to be people here that are struggling with this, that are, that are fighting that anger, they're fighting that burden, they're carrying that hurt with them. God, I, I want to ask you to allow your spirit to really pierce their hearts, to convict them, to soften them, to help them, God, understand that, that holiness is where we have to be. We have to be in a place where our focus is on you and not the hurt that has come our way. And that's not easy, God. But with your strength, we, we can do that. So for those people this morning that are struggling with that, God, just, just give them your spirit in a powerful way to move them into the next step of this journey. We thank you so much for Jesus and his sacrifice that gives us, that gives us forgiveness, that gives us salvation. Help us to live in view of that every day. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community.